Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. I got distracted by this video <laughs> montage of Charles and Camilla, and it's got all these subtitles about Camilla's various future titles and what the British public believes may or may not happen. Anyway, oh if we want to talk about things we love and hate, I would say that this video montage <laughs> and Camilla's various large hats are really doing it for me. This is right your quarantine now. corner. This is my quarantine corner update is that we've entered the one week of every year where I pretend to be a royal watcher. And that is whatever week the crown drops. Yep. <laughs> you get approximately five to seven days where I care about the royal family. It's like the crown drops and Meg's it. And that's it. Yep. And then the rest of the time, it's me putting things into the Megxit channel on Slack, and here's the ignoring. <laughs> and me being like, oh, yes, they do sound fancy. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, Kate wore a dress. She did. <laughs> it's fine. All right, what's your quarantine corner update? My quarantine corner update is a rant um, about... Superstore. Okay. <laughs> you did tell me about this. So, Superstore has decided to take on the COVID times. Uh-oh. A thing that everyone thought would probably happen and thought that they would do okay with because they've done okay with other topical things before. And yet, they have chosen to depict with no consequence... People who are frontline workers in a Walmart-esque store <laughs> um, wearing masks sometimes, and then when they have to speak or walk up to someone to have a conversation, they take their mask off. And so you'll have a scene with, like, everyone gathered in an employee meeting and none of them are wearing masks or they're all wearing them around their ears or around their chins or like some people will wear them some people won't anyway there's no consistency <laughs> there's no acknowledgement that this isn't like a good practice and it seems irresponsible as a broadcast network to be <laughs> showing people wearing these things incorrectly and having that be okay. Like teaching people bad masking habits. Right. Is it meant to be like cute at all? Like a, a character thing? Like, because mm -mm. if anybody out there has like been back into an office since COVID times, like you'll know that like people's masking habits tend to match their personalities. Mm hmm. But that's not what they're no. going for here now. No, it's if they have to speak. On camera, they just don't wear one. Oh, sure. Which is neat. The most baffling of all of the choices to me is the choice to have people, like, approach each other and take the mask off. Yes. It's not even just, like, 
one person, I don't know, is like six feet away. Like, there's easy ways they could do this. Yes. That would at least show, like, some level of, like, following any protocol at all. But it's literally, like, I would come up, like, two feet from you and then take my mask off. And you'd take your mask off to receive the conversation, I guess. Yeah. Is it? Do you think they were just, like, scared of not having face acting? Yeah, but also it's, like, a mid-level sitcom do you need face acting like have to send all their actors on this show like jesus (laughs) send all their actors to like very elite workshops about the use of eyebrows i'm just so disappointed see you would do well i mean (laughs) i was making eyebrows at her (laughs) i've been told that i have expressive eyebrows so Cast me in your mid-level sitcoms wherein you want your actors to wear masks. I just think it's irresponsible. It's also just making me not like it and not want to watch it. Because it just, like, grosses me out that they're doing that I think you have to be all in. Like, you either get to make a choice. Right. Of, we're not going to do masks and we're just going to casually pretend that we don't have to. Or, we're going to do it and we're just going to do it the way people do it. And it's fine. I don't, yeah, I don't understand, like, what they're accomplishing by showing a bunch of people wearing them around their ears and their chins. Yeah. Right. In a store. Right. Together. Like, that bothers me. Especially given that we are, in the United States, having a notoriously difficult time of mm-hmm. it. Like, it would have so. been so easy for them to like go forth with it with people wearing them because there are scenes where people speak and they wear them so i really can't tell like what the goal so just like fucking wear them all the time right or have like people who live together on the show could take them off in this office yeah you you pitched that you could have like a relationship moment yeah there's things you could do or like you could have someone who doesn't wear it and then they get it like (laughs) I will say, from my experience with office gossip in these are COVID times, that it is often, like, there are fun social things you can do with shit talking in particular. And the mask. Like, there's lots of room for comedic bits. Yeah. There's a moment where you're, like, trying to whisper to each other, and then one Mm -hmm. of you is just like, fuck it. You rip off the mask. You can be like, (laughs) say what you really mean. Wow. Oh, yeah. It happens. <laughs> I work in an office of four right now, so it's not really happening. <laughs> or, like, somebody comes in, and you have the interaction, and then they leave, and everybody in the room turns to each other, and one person pulls off the mask and makes a face and throws the mask back on. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've seen there's you can do a lot. You can do a lot with the mask. I just don't need people screaming at each other from two feet away, both with their masks on their chins. And I'm disappointed that Superstore decided to take this moment to do that. My personal favorite bit that I don't know how we would recreate on camera is when someone obnoxious is talking to you and you just sit there mouthing, shut the fuck up. Why the fuck are you talking? But you do it like, I can't do it because this is an audio medium, but you do it like, and it's, like, just enough that you, the fabric <laughs> isn't moving, but you feel it. <laughs> Is that, like, the same feeling as when someone with a certain political sign on their car drives by and you flip them off but underneath the window? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same vibe. 
Okay, great. Yeah. Great. Love that. Yeah, that's the only positive thing, masks. That and hiding my chin acne. Yeah. Are the only positive things masks have given to me. (laughs) That's a real chicken and egg situation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our quarantine corner update is that we all have skincare problems now. Uh Unless you're on Superstore. Right. In which case, they're all doing great. Yeah. Yeah. That's all what right. we're here to talk about today. Get into no. the good shit, Kirstie. Let's get to the good shit. So, um, The Crown dropped, and that's a show that people are watching, so we're caught up on it now. And that's why we're recording an episode. Yeah, and I just want to give you props for watching it in, like, three days. I watched it in, like, a day and a half. It's pretty good. It was, like, record time for me. Mm-hmm. I do think it was the most interesting season. Mm. I have multiple theories on this. I don't know that it was to me. Really? Okay, (laughs) talk to me about this. I don't know. I've been having a hard time wrapping my head around it, and I think it was because I was knitting and watching it. (laughs) Which, you know, brings some challenges, but... Yeah, I would not call this knitting TV. No... It is, but it's not if you want to, like, then talk about it, <laughs> like, with any kind of tact. Sure. But, like, season three I also knit through, but I that, like, hit me a lot differently, I feel like. Season three felt perfunctory to me. Mm. There were a couple episodes that hit me, but most of the time it felt like it was like, we have to put out a season of this show. Mm-hmm. So here are some moments from history that Queen Elizabeth was there for. We made it art now. Mm. See, I had a couple things about this season. I'm just going to throw some thoughts (laughs) related to this. Pacing wise, I felt like they were, and this is probably fair. They covered like, what, 12 years, something like that. Yeah, I was distracted by the amount of time that passed. I think because they were working on that five season right. deadline and then they switched it to six. And I wonder if that would have changed a little bit had they known they were going to do six right off the bat. Like, would they have do- done something mm-hmm. more condensed and given more time to some things? Because I feel like they skipped a lot. Yeah. And I think whether this is good or bad, I think, is up for debate. But... It's a little bit of, like, the Outlander season four syndrome. Season, yeah, I guess season four. Where, like, as Queen Elizabeth is no longer, like, the only focus, or her and Margaret are not the only focus, that means that you're having more episodes that are about more characters and about, like, more individual storylines that don't cross paths as much. Like, even though in season three that was also true, I feel like they were more intertwined because it was, like, grooming Charles for... Right. His role, so him and her were still sort of, like, linked. And in this season, it's a lot more of, like, you get, like, four Charles and Dianas, and then you get (laughs) a couple of Liz episodes, and then you get a Margaret. Like, you don't have that same, like, consistency. Yeah. I think that's fair. The only thing about it, I guess, is isn't that, like, following the royal family in real life? Like, I feel like... They all have so many children and spouses and whatever the fuck now Mm -hmm. that 
at least part of, I know there are any number of millions of theories about why the monarchy is crumbling in these are modern times, but at least some of it has got to be that there's just too many of them. Well, that's why Charles wants a tightened up family. Yeah. But I mean, no, I don't feel like there are too many. If It depends on who you care about. But like, <laughs> if you're taking like the core, it's not. There's just so many to follow. Sure. But I think like this, at least like is, it seems to be staying true with like focusing on the crown, which mm-hmm. I think is also sometimes a thing that I take issue with because I want to see things that are not related to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, like, not the show. No. Which is fine. Not. But, like, <laughs> I'm like, give me a full season of Diana right now. But that's but I not feel what like that's is. what the season was. No. it To me, this season felt like it was all Charles and Diana and everybody else was just, like, supporting characters. The... Mm. Margaret gets, like, one good episode... Yeah, Margaret's definitely, like, like backburnered, but I feel like that was okay. Liz is just, well, because Margaret is just, like, what she is. There's not, there's, there's not, not a ton of depth to the Margaret stuff. It's just, like, she's sad and meaningless and, like, a symbol of why the frigidity of the royal family is a human rights violation. Mm-hmm. I had to throw that in there. We were going to get you, there either way. Had to. It was going to happen. <laughs> I'm not done with it yet. No. Um... But I felt like like Liz was only there to pop up occasionally, like all of those meme videos going around Twitter and TikTok of people just sort of mimicking Liz and being like, oh, yeah, like, I feel like that's all she was there for. This season was just like pop ups, nipkins and like antagonize Margaret Thatcher and then just like yell at her corgis. And that's her season, Mm -hmm. which like Margaret Thatcher was like a big part of this season. So she was there a lot, and they did, like, some low-key things with her, but I don't think they ever figured out exactly what they wanted to do, and I think it gets to your pacing issue. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe if they'd had more time or something, they could have, like, made a point about yeah. her. I, but I, I don't really know what exactly what they wanted to tell about her time as prime minister other than like look at this iconic person we made a wig (laughs) right (laughs) look at how her face moves (laughs) i mean she what jillian anderson was great it was a great performance and i take no issue with it i just think like the show never a hundred percent developed a thesis on her no, and I don't, like, know a lot about her, which felt like something that I, would have been helpful to <laughs> have in my back pocket. But it, it did feel like... They, I don't know. Some of those episodes felt slow and yeah. lackluster to me. And then, and then like, we got just... no Prince Philip, and I just want Tobias in my life. I kind of missed the point in the evolution. I guess this is what season three was about, where, you know how they talk about how you either bend or break, where they, like, broke mm-hmm. Prince Philip. Because then in this season, he's just, like, happy and hanging out and 
I think that's his life, though. Like, I think (laughs) think that's accurate. (laughs) Well, sure, but, like, I I mean, he fought for so many seasons, and then suddenly it's like he's fine to just hang out on couches and be like, it'd be like that. I mean... (laughs) Astronauts went to the moon, he had a little crisis, and then it was fine. <laughs> and then it was all fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he, I don't know, maybe he'll come back to be a dick in the next season. I mean, my impression of Philip in modern times is that he never stopped being a dick, but he did sort of take more of the posture of like, I'm just here, it's great. Yeah. It's all great, it's fine. Why are you guys complaining so much? Whatever, right. we're rich. Right. Um, yeah. Where do we go from here? Um, mostly what I've thought about... So I guess maybe the reason this season is interesting to me is because I've spent more time thinking about it while watching it and afterwards. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just like all of the sort of conceptual theoretical nonsense about like celebrity versus royalty and what does the royalty even mean in modern times and Mm -hmm. fame as a human rights violation (laughs) no fame is not a human rights violation royalty is a human rights violation but fame is abuse that was the other line yeah um we've been listening to the five-part series from you're wrong about about mm-hmm. Princess Diana, and they throw around famous abuse. Yeah, they do it's also. It's extremely good. Um, they do also mention the royalty as a human rights violation theory, though. Yes, that does come up. Um. Oh, and also the main theme, which is that everything about royal life is completely arbitrary and exists only for the sake of themselves, and literally no one has ever stopped to think about how nonsensical it all is. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> it's um, very, like, human centipede Mm-hmm. In a way. Like, they, they exist because they believe themselves to be a symbol of something, which means that they then only exist to be a symbol of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> which is, like, why? <laughs> so that people like us can have something to talk about on a Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, like, the thing that comes up, like, a lot, is that like, look at these people who accidentally, like, we're interested in the gossip because it's accidentally very human stories. Mm-hmm. Which is basically just shorthand for, like, we are all very excited to see that even people who have all of their needs met and more are still miserable. Yes. <laughs> That's basically That's all we great. want, right? Yeah. I suppose. I mean, I think the fascination for me is always, like... Because it's not a choice, like, to be born into the family, seeing, like, what people do with that, and then seeing what people who attach themselves to the family do with that. And being, like, a... Having to be in public because of the way your lifestyle is funded is also (laughs) fascinating. That is particularly fascinating. Isn't it, like, buck wild, though, that what's born out of that are all of the weird, nonsensical, like, rules of family life that have nothing to do with, like, 
mm-hmm. actually being a member of a family. It's just... It's not normal. <laughs> no. And it's not that it's, like, meant to be normal, but I and that's where I think it becomes, like, human centipede a little bit, where it's, like, they don't... It's, like, a certain amount of rules and protocol, fine. They're not yeah. normal people. But it's, like, a little out of control. Yeah. And, like, a... For the sake of literally nobody. A lot of those things have also changed in the last, like, 20 years, too. For well, sure. Thinking about the 80s. But... Right. <laughs> but, yeah. But only because they mm-hmm. completely decimated an entire generation with emotional trauma. Correct. They just took a whole generation of royal children and were like, well, you're fucked now. <laughs> Should we talk about that episode? <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite episode, maybe. It was really good. It's so good. They they walk such a fine line in that episode between just like slapstick sitcom. Mm-hmm. Like there's a formula to each of these interactions and they all go down in like an exact pattern. And then they just go to like this incredibly dark, vulnerable <laughs> place. Yes. And then it's like, oops, now we're doing storytelling. Oops. Also we fucked them all up. They're all bad. All these people are very bad now. Mm-hmm. We're talking about episode four for anyone. Yes. yes. This is the episode where Margaret Thatcher says she has a favorite kid and Queen Liz is like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You're such a bad parent. What the fuck? So then she schedules individual dates with her kids <laughs> so that she can be like, see, I love you all. And Philip is like, well, I know which one's your favorite, but I'm not going <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> and then she has to act all offended and then also ask her personal secretary to give her like a white paper on each of their interests. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then they all eat salmon together and everybody makes fun of her. It's a very like I don't care for job situation. <laughs> so true. Uh, but I and do she ruins I do everybody's believe day. That she's like she probably at least was, if not is currently, like, that disillusioned about her yes. children. Like, thinking that they're all fine and great. Yes. I well, mean, she, clearly. I have to imagine. There, but... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is funny watching them all season long have to, like, skirt the line with Andrew shaming. But I live for it. <laughs> what a fucking garbage human. I mean, honestly, they're billionaires, so they're all probably garbage humans. But Andrew went out there's, of his way something to be garbage. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Uh, yeah. What other episodes did you find, like, stood out? I don't know. You? I mean, I don't know that I can point to, like, specific episodes, but um, I live for Camilla. Mm-hmm. I think she's a fascinating character and, like, a fascinating figure mm-hmm. in the sense that she just, like, was always a messy bitch who was just here to get what she wanted and have a good time. But I don't think she really wanted, like, the royal part of it. <laughs> no, she didn't. She didn't at all. Yeah. Which is why, like, when she got engaged to her guy, it was, like, the perfect arrangement, because once you're married in British society, mm-hmm. you apparently get a free pass to just, like, fuck the king, and it's fine. It's the king. It's, it's how it's cool. always been done. <laughs> it's totally cool. 
<laughs> um, and so that's all she wanted. She just wanted to, like, marry a rich guy and live in a manor house and, like, fuck Charles on the side and go to parties. Mm-hmm. And it would all just be cool. Yeah. But I think she's also fine with how it all worked out now. Oh, she's fine. You know, like, it's all kind of sorted itself out. And Yikes. she got Charles in the end, so. Yikes. <laughs> uh, Camilla Yikes. takes it all. Camilla takes it all. <laughs> I do wish, so I watched a documentary this weekend. Was it this weekend? I don't know. Recently. Um, and it was a... It was basically like a Nat Geo thing, I think, of some sort, but they ripped from the Andrew Morton tapes uh, about Princess Diana. And they talked about this one moment, or she did, that I wish they had put in there because it would have been so fun. It was something about them, like, about how Diana insisted on going to, like, Camilla's sister's birthday or something with Charles. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he kept being like, why are you coming? And she was like, don't worry about it. And then she, like, joined their little side conversation and was like, oh, Camilla, can we chat for a second? <laughs> and she basically pulled her aside and was like, just so you know, I know. <laughs> and everyone apparently was, like, so rattled about, like, what was going on and, like, what the conversation was. And she wouldn't tell Charles what she'd said. But she was like, oh, you can ask her. It's fine. <laughs> it was just, like, some good petty shit. But I just wish... I think that would have been fun. According to the You're Wrong About episode, that incident is one and the same with the incident where they have the fight where Camilla's like, you got everything you wanted. Mm. Why are you so mad? And then Diana's like, well, I want my husband. No, so, I think this was separate. So, well, that's according to the You're Wrong About podcast, is that that was mm. all the same. Oh, you're right. This is the <laughs> the lying <laughs> accounts maybe too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's when they were like, you know, we're skeptical of this because the dialogue is too good, basically. Right. <laughs> like, people in real life don't talk like this. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I don't know. Which, it was funny how she said it because she was saying how she was, like, so, like, nervous and, like, so... I feel like we've all had that moment of, like, just wanting to confront someone, mm -hmm. <laughs> someone and being like so wound up about it and then when you do it it's like it's just good shit <laughs> i wanted her to have that moment i mean she may still she's not dead no. yet yeah in but the it crown. was like chronologically incorrect yeah at this point i but didn't I... go ahead i didn't necessarily love which i predicted being so close to the time in history that i remember because like i don't I mean, I'm, I was born in the early 90s, so it's not like I was present for the events of the late 80s. <laughs> but, like, you know, you watch enough TV, you hear enough things, mm -hmm. and, like, by osmosis, some vague concepts stick. Yeah. And so there's, like, some of this stuff that I, like, vaguely have some kind of loose knowledge of already. Yeah. And next season, I'm assuming it did. They must have said what year they're going to go to, right? No, I'm assuming next season will be her whole 
like through probably 97 right yeah i mean i and have then to they're gonna do the queen mother dying after that and who knows what else and yeah. margaret so that'll be like the last season is my guess yeah i don't That's, know though that sounds right like i have to imagine next season is like the divorce and her death mm-hmm. um and like that stuff that i do remember yeah and it it is like what's nice about the early crown seasons is the feeling of like separation and it being more like fictional and not fairy tale-ish but more like an origin story as mm-hmm. opposed to like a fictionalization of recent history yeah um and especially because like this season there's been more reporting about how much it's pissed off the palace and here's all these people who knew diana who are weighing in now on what they got wrong and it's like mm-hmm. i don't i don't really want that part of it like i liked it better in season one when it was like yeah queen liz watched it she liked parts who knows i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah like i mean most... that part doesn't bother me like i still think it's fascinating but it will get to dangerous territory. I don't think they're going to go up to, like, Will and Kate's wedding, but if they did, no. it would get into dangerous, no. like, lifetime territory. That would be straight-up lifetime shit. Yeah. And, like, the crown is beautiful, and I would let it get away with a lot of shit just to watch it do unnecessary art. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to do that. No. Like, But they we- know that, too. They're smart. Yeah, I mean, they weren't going to do season six because they had the same fear. Yeah. I do love watching how uselessly beautiful the crown is because it does feel Mm -hmm. as uselessly beautiful as royal people. You know, it does for me what Game of Thrones did for HBO, Mm. which is like jacking off about money put into production. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. That is so good. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be a good critical analysis paper. <laughs> thesis ideas. <laughs> Get that thesis idea out there, girl. I want mm-hmm. that essay. Yeah, I just think, like, it re- reminds me so much of certain episodes of Mad Men, except the philosophy has been applied to the whole series, where it's just like, we got nothing else to do, I guess, other than produce the show. So what yeah. if we just overproduce the fuck out of it? I don't even care what it's about. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a camera, I've got a set designer, let's just fucking do it. Mm Mm-hmm. They really do the most. They do the most. And I just, like, I want more of that all-in, like, Mm over-the-top, high-production-value-for-no-reason content. Because we watch a lot of shit. Yeah. You know? You mean, like, the Crown should share some of its budget with, like, the Michael shoppers at <laughs> Hallmark? <laughs> I was watching... I was watching a Christmas Prince Switch again. Switch. Yep. Princess yep. Switch. We'll get there. Switch to Christmas Prince. Spoilers. I don't know. Spoilers! <laughs> I was watching that one with all the Vanessa Hudgens. And just thinking, like... You know, objectively, other than the fact that you can't hire talent for this shit, there's no reason not to make this as luxuriously beautiful right. as The Crown. Like, what if we just started making these shitty Christmas movies oh with The God. Crown's production budget? <laughs> like, muted tones. 
I do feel like we deserve a crown Christmas special. Ooh, wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? Like, like, no, Sandringham. Definitely Sandringham. (laughs) You know what I want? I want one forward in time Christmas special at Sandringham. (laughs) (laughs) Like that scene from the Lifetime movie where they do Christmas. Yes. Yes. And it's all the gag gifts and the yes. cocktail games, yes. except the crown makes yes. it. Yes. 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 Exactly. And Queen Liz is nowhere near that horrible brown dress. Oh my god. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know what you're saying. Production value, something, something. Something, something. I want Switch Again Princess movie to yes. <laughs> be the crown. It is fun that, like, it seems like this show has become such a, like, water cooler show. Yep. I guess. Yep. Albeit, like, no one has water coolers right now, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, but we do have the internet, so that's something. It's just fun to have those every once in a while, because, like, we don't have many of them at this point. We don't. The memes have been particularly spicy this mm-hmm. season, and I'm yeah. living for it. Yeah. It's, like, all I have right now. I also overheard my coworkers last week talking about how, like, they had started watching it, and one of them was like, I haven't started yet, no spoilers, which I did almost whip around and give a speech, because you guys know my position on spoilers, especially since this is all based on history. Sure. Um... But but it was just so funny because, like you said, like, so much of the conversation that I would hear in the conference room, which is where we all worked for reasons, was uh, was like, oh, do you watch the show? No. Oh, well, it's it's a sh- good show. You should really watch mm-hmm. it. There's an episode with a plot. Oh, yeah. No, I've been watching this instead. Oh, yeah. I haven't gotten to that yet. And like month after month after month that's how they would talk about tv and then it was like this one moment yep (laughs) where everybody cared about the crown yes yeah my mom also i asked her if she'd start it and she goes don't say a word (laughs) okay i cannot get my mom to watch the crown which we've had multiple conversations about it because she could not give fewer shits about the royals Mm mm-hmm But that said, a lot of my memory of the 90s is her telling me about Princess Diana gossip, Mm. which may have just been that she was in the milieu as, like, a young woman in the 90s. Sure. (laughs) But um, she loves, like, documentaries and, like, cultural history, and, like, she has a lot of useless pop culture knowledge about, like the 80s and 90s in particular, and she sort of stored it all away. So just for right. that reason alone, I feel like she would like it. Right. Like, but just, anytime you get to see all the outfits. Like, you get to so see fun. the outfits again. Mm-hmm. Like, you were here for it. It's a dramatization, whatever. Right. And she's like, when have I ever cared about the royals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mom also plays it cool, but I'm like, you definitely had the TV on a lot for this type of coverage. <laughs> I definitely feel like this is, like, your mom's shit. I think it is. Like, low-key. Yeah. I mean, your- she loved every season so far, but... Your mom definitely feels like somebody who's in the demographic for, like, secretly loving the royal family. Yes. 
but feeling like it's not cool. Right. Like when I got my Megan and Harry expose and she was like, I was like, oh, I'll tell you all the gossip. And then I was like, do you want to read it? And she's like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay. Fine. But okay. Can I gripe? Sure. Um, I have two gripes that are kind of linked, but kind of not. I think this is still too forgiving to the crown Mm -hmm. for making this very bad match in Charles and Diana. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They make it seem like it was his idea and his want, and I don't believe that was true. No. And also, the show was still too kind to Charles. (laughs) Yes. The show is still entirely too kind to Charles. Charles is a piece of shit. Yeah. And my favorite thing about Charles is that by, like, all accounts, if he had not been born rich, he would just be, like, your average mediocre white man. Mm -hmm. Like, the way the women from You're Wrong About describe him is, like, if he were your dad, you would like him. But as a public figure? I mean, my favorite thing (laughs) from that podcast has been that they talk about, which has been, like, shown in The Crown, but I guess I didn't really think about it, but, like, they talk about how he was basically closest in life because he had no friends to the queen mother who's like what yeah 80 at this point and so he's basically like been stuck in this institution that's so antiquated that he is basically like a 60 year old man and not a 35 year old man yeah the only i was thinking about this too when they were saying that because they were also saying that like he couldn't make friends with his peers at school so he hung out with like the professors and shit right and i think um really the only portrayal of that this season anyway is at one point he's yelling at diana and says something about how she thinks of him as an old man and like i didn't have that context in the moment when i was watching it yeah but watching it i was like well aren't you though right because <laughs> the one thing i do know about him is that he's always been old in spirit no oh, so so old so old. <laughs> he's such a whiny little bastard he's such a douche He's such a douche. He's I just like, think, like sad and whiny. His PR team who brought him around from this to marry Camilla and then become a public figure who is applauded for his longtime support of environmentalism just wow <laughs> it's fucking wild and like his environmentalism amounts to like he's a vegan because he likes fad diets and he's super into the idea of overpopulation so basically he's an eco-fascist but like cool good job yeah i mean he's come around on that but yeah. <laughs> but yeah yeah I mean- Yes, he's someone who spoke about the environment in some form for yes. a long time. Yes. Yes. Good job to whoever latched onto that shit and just rolled with it, man. Like, good job. They did some work. Because, like, people are fine with him. He's not, he's still not, like, loved in the UK, right? No, but I don't think he's disliked. My sense of public opinion and... I will remind you that I pay attention to the royal family during the exact 
couple of hours that I'm interested after watching The Crown. Right. Bear that in mind. But my impression is that most of the public adoration skipped more or less over Charles and straight to William and Harry, and that they are carrying the bulk of, like, the spotlight. Yeah, but by proxy, because they decided they were okay with Charles in public, Ah, (laughs) I think he got some good grace back. I gotcha. It just feels like everyone's kind of waiting for, like, the inevitable, like, hop skip where it's, like, Charles Mm. for a minute and then William for a while. (laughs) I don't, it's gonna be fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any gripes? Or you, you... Actually, I didn't have any gripes this season, other than I'll piggyback on what you were saying and just say, like, I still don't totally understand the agenda of the show. Like, I can't, I know there's a lot of different argument and theory out there. I can't tell if it's pro-royal or not. I don't know if they totally know. I can't figure out what they're going for, re the relevance or importance of the royal family, or if they're just sort of like, these people have money, so it's fun for us to make art about them. I feel like they're taking more of the stance of, like, what if biography, but fiction. Yeah. And they just want to show, I think, at least the initial intent, I thought, was just showing, like, the breadth of Elizabeth's, like, reign and how impressive it is on its own because yeah. of how long it's been and how revered she is, right? I feel like that's what they started with, but now that they're now, into the Charles and Diana stuff, which is, like, Now part they're of just why... messy bitches who live for drama. Now they're just messy bitches who live and for drama. And we are, too. <laughs> totally. The one thing I did not know that I am learning through all of this is... I mean, I always knew that people talked about Diana as being this, like, tragic figure, but mm-hmm. I just assumed it was because of the way she died. Mm-mm. I didn't realize her life was so fucking miserable. Yes. And that within that, that she was also such a messy bitch. Like, yeah. we all like to talk smack about Camilla being a messy bitch, but Diana lived for no, drama. All... Holy shit. I also feel like her portrayal is too light. I feel point. like we're getting there because they started at the very tail end of the season to get into some of the messy bitch stuff yeah i just think there was more of it more often yes i think that's probably fair and i'm like upset that we didn't get any of her and fergie like running around being assholes yeah fergie only showed up for like a minute i feel like we were gypped of that more than anything else because i was looking forward to that and we didn't get it there could have been some really fun like female friendship love triangle stuff yeah. between fergie diana and camilla mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they all went to a lot of fucking parties and they mm-hmm. were all messy as hell. Mm-hmm. I just wanted some of that and we got nothing. Nothing. And by the time we get to the next season, Fergie will already be yeah. divorcing What's-His-Face. Yeah. It's sad. It is sad. I mean, next season's gonna be yucky. It's gonna be really yucky and I'm not convinced I want it. I mean, I told you that I've seen, like, I've seen The Queen... Right? Isn't that what that movie was called? Yeah, I have not. I actually did not know about it until I was listening to um, episode five of the You're Wrong About Mm. series, where they reference it multiple times. I've seen it. It's 
Peter Morgan's the same, so, like, I feel confident in his ability to tell this story tactfully. I'm not even sure it's necessarily about a particular concern about the story being told, because, I mean, it's been so many years. Like, 1997 was a long-ass fucking time ago, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's more just like, do we really need to relitigate it in fiction again? Isn't everybody tired of that part of it by now? Well, that's why the movie was actually interesting, because they didn't talk about that. It was only talking about how the queen, like, spent... She took, like, seven days to respond publicly at all. And it be- it came from, like, Tony Blair had to, like, do a press conference mm-hmm. basically to, like, summon her away from Balmoral to be like, you actually have to make an appearance. And, and then she, like, bows to the casket or something and do, like, a big deal, whatever. There's, like, all this stuff. It's Queen Liz being Queen Liz. So my favorite thing about this series that does not get talked about, like, ever, I feel like. Mm-hmm is that time and time again, the show at least, and I think this is mostly reflected in real life, reveals that these people could not have worse judgment about the world around them. Like, at every turn, they make the worst possible decision. And it's not even just big stuff like the match between Diana and Charles. It's like little stuff like how to respond to small individual media crises or like any time Queen Liz is left to make a decision on her own, she makes the incorrect decision it's because they have such an insular life like they don't know and it's fucking hilarious yeah because these people are supposed to be like defined by god to Mm -hmm. be in charge Mm -hmm. of the entire commonwealth and Mm -hmm. they can't even do a fucking thing no no so my thought is if we're really gonna focus on the crown then that will be the tactic they take again And it will be about her being an absolute, like... Dingus? Yes. (laughs) With all due respect. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which I think is something that's not talked about as frequently, perhaps. The dingusness? Yeah. Yes. I do, I absolutely think it is, they are so, like shrouded in mystery and so protected by all of their various like i mean i think it's wise of them that they are rarely heard addressing the public or the press in their Mm -hmm. own words because Mm -hmm. they are just raging idiots yeah i do think that for better or worse there is a change in the youngest (laughs) youngest generation younger generations yeah I mean, it was in that same documentary I was watching, they were talking, there was some sort of, like, audio clip of her saying, they were talking about how, like, will this be the same for your, Mm. your son, like, William. Yeah. And she goes, no, she's like, I'm already changing it for him. And she goes, just by showing him, like, what I do and what his father does every day and not keeping him, like, away at a boarding school, like, I'm showing him what he's going to be like having to deal with so it's interesting that like that was i thought about william and harry almost non-stop this season mm-hmm. like, how can you how can you not 
their lives are so fucking complicated in ways that are beyond comprehension. I know you can say that about any of the royals, and that's more or less the thesis of the crown, but, like, Mm-hmm. These boys are caught between two worlds in a way that I think other generations of the royal family are not prepared to help them with. And yeah. I found myself going through the stages of grief with William in particular, where I can't remember which episode it was, but some episode I just suddenly got fucking mad at him again for cheating on Kate. Uh-huh. We don't talk about it often. <laughs> but I was just like, come on, dude. Uh, You know better, is all I'm saying. He knows better. And Kate is a fucking saint. Mm Mm-hmm. It was, I loved how Catherine, I think it was Catherine, framed the show in some sort of medium at some point recently, but she just called it, like, a study of generational trauma, like, passed down and made worse. And it's, like, that's so true. And it's, I, I was talking to you about how, like, that story came out at some point it became news to me recently that like prince george may or may not know that he's supposed to be king and like what does that mean (laughs) yeah and like i can't say whether that's good or bad but like and i have to imagine that it's like so personal (laughs) because william grew up being told that he was going to be king and like he knows firsthand how that fucks with you (laughs) yeah and how he gets to make that choice better to find out later i don't know I mean, I just, I didn't realize he was so old. Time passes. Kid has mm-hmm. just turned seven. Yeah. Like, he's, it's he not going to. may know by now, but they, it's, the yeah. argument was last Christmas he did not know. It's not going to be much longer. No. No. I don't know. I can't judge anyone else's parenting choices, whether they are <laughs> royal or not, but. I did have a brief moment when you told me that where I was like, would I tell my child that she was going to, that she was like predestined to X, whatever, like whatever. And I just, I mean, I live in a one story ranch. I can't, I don't have a frame of reference to even play that kind of game. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Yeah. I do think that they are smart and moving in a direction of, like, I don't think they think that they're, like, preordained to do anything. I think that they're, like, this is the charitable arm of the government. Let's go. (laughs) For some reason, the British public pays us a lot of money, so I guess we have to do something with it. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I just hope that they keep them out of it. Well, William's going to start making some better choices. Let's, you no, know. Not, no, 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 not that. I mean, oh. the crown keeps William oh. and Harry out of it because yes. that makes me sad. Yeah, I don't want to go there. It's way too recent. Mm-hmm. That's way too recent. Like, we're still living that part of history. There's yeah. no reason to relitigate it. No. It was also, like, I saw some articles. Obviously, there's, like, a ton of clickbait about, like like royal reaction to the season about how like supposedly harry had like enjoyed the early seasons but is like sure as fuck not gonna watch this one yeah like why would you no i have to imagine the diana stuff is triggering i thought about that a lot too because like i it's hard to know how much they knew at any given time about 
their parents' relationship. But, you know... They knew. What, however much they knew at the time, they were mostly finding out from the press, no doubt, or from the whispers around the palace. Mm-hmm. And now they've gotten, in their adulthood, they've gotten to find out from, like, un, um, unauthorized biographies. You Which know? is neat, yeah. Which is, like, a cool way to learn family history as someone who's had to learn a fair amount of shady family history (laughs) in the time since family members have died there are i will say certain ways that are better than others Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i do not envy them having to backtrack no their parents relationship that way no so if i were them i would not choose to watch this Mm -hmm. it's a little too close nope a little too close to home. Yeah. <laughs> yikes, 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 yikes. Yeah. And then I'm like, why do I feel bad about people who have, like, billions of dollars? <laughs> I mean, they are all billionaires, and so their hurt feelings is, like... Prince Harry is cut off from the family funds, okay? <laughs> He's making his money the old-fashioned way by getting a lot of money from Netflix. <laughs> He's making his money the old-fashioned way by taking his multi-million dollar, like, settlement and investing it so that it gets more money yep. real fast. And now yep. they'll just be rich forever. That's fine. They can it's do a, no wrong. It's a pretty good deal. In my book. <laughs> at this point. Uh, Yikes. Um, any other crown thoughts? No. I don't think I have any either. <laughs> um, I did see an article that said that the fifth season was not coming anytime soon. So that's No, because they haven't started. Something. They were... I'm, I've never been so happy that they shoot two seasons back to back as I was when I learned that The Crown was coming in November. <laughs> <laughs> what a gift. Um, what does this say? This essentially alludes to the fact that it's, like, too complicated to try to shoot in the bubble. Mm-hmm. I'm saying- they, they need all those people. They need their big, sweeping aerial shots. Yeah, and there's too many locations. I was, when we were watching Princess Switch switched again, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> A Christmas Switch Princess christmas again yeah um i was explaining to my husband a lot of film production things mm-hmm. like at one point i was having the lighting was so bad that i was having to explain to him how key lights work oh boy <laughs> so that was a fun one we had to talk about how body doubles work mm-hmm. when you're filming a scene where one actor is supposed to be playing two people yeah and i was trying to explain to him how production during covid works yeah and filming in the bubble and what that all means and whatever and i was saying like it only works on productions where you only need like four sets and yeah they're cheap and contained and you can get away with like the smallest crew possible it works on bake off <laughs> it works on bake off so that's all a long way to say that they're shooting for june of 2021 Mm. to film season five and season six would be shot in 2022 which i have to say those are numbers that feel (laughs) 
infinitely far away. Yeah. My brain has not adapted to the concept that 2021 is not, like, 45 years from now. No, it's, like, very soon. That's what people tell me. But, like, I haven't seen you since 2019, so who knows? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) That was so long ago. It was so long ago. Um, everyone should take a page from our book and not from Superstores and wear a mask so Kirstie and I can see each other again. Kirstie's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Everything is fine over here. It's fine. (sighs) Anyway, on that note... (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I hate watch holidays start next week no we're gonna be watching a lot of holiday things so many things i've so far only rewatched one and watched (laughs) one that we may not even need to reference so things are going well yeah i've watched two however we are recording this as one of the most important christmas specials of the year for sure yeah potentially of the decade is airing both in fact this is treatments if you will treatments <laughs> treatments merry treatments <laughs> everyone um so that is going to be amazing when that There's- hits <laughs> i just realized if we tweeted him that it was treatments he would definitely love that <laughs> Unhinged, and that is also well, true. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh, someone needs to do that. Yeah, immediately. Oh. <laughs> uh, Treatments. Um. <laughs> like three red alerts about treatments this week alone yep and so it's gonna be spicy as hell yeah no one's ready (laughs) no one's ready and also um the thought bubble audio gang is gonna do a holiday special this year soon so stay tuned for that did we strong arm our way into picking the movie obviously we did The other night, in an unrelated conversation, Kelsey said that the energy we bring to the party is equivalent to one whole extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to highlight this in that moment, because that's the exact same energy we bring to the Thought Bubble Audio Slack channel. to look forward to it's gonna be a very merry hate watch holiday yeah um and there's still time to send in your requests we already have one we're very excited 
but not too much time. So, like, get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> Start sending us your holiday content immediately. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is that everything? That's all the stuff. If you want to go ahead and send us some of those suggestions and whatnot, you can find us at Hate Watch with us on Twitter. Hate Watch with us at gmail.com. I'm still thinking about this. Hate Watch with us at gmail.com. You can direct Tree Williams, our dad, to our website, com, <laughs> where he can learn more about treatments because we will be talking about it. We sure and, will. And um, is that, that's all the places you can find us. Do you want to tell us about our friends at the Thabble Audio Network? Yeah, if you want to learn about our friends who will also be forced to watch a hate watch holiday movie you can find them on twitter at thoughtbubblefm or thoughtbubbleaudio.com or thoughtbubbleaudio at gmail.com where you can just search thoughtbubbleaudio in whatever podcast platform you are in or you can find them on patreon also by searching thoughtbubbleaudio we think Oh, and I also <laughs> forgot about reviews. Rate and review us. Yeah, We're still fighting the good fight against the one-star reviews from the people who got mad at us <laughs> for saying Sam Hewen wasn't hot the one time. Wait, but also, this is Princess for Christmas season, and if we don't get to it, we just need to send out a, alert an alert woo, into the universe. Yes. That is probably on Hallmark at some point, and you should find it if you haven't seen it before. And if you need more information about where and when to watch A Princess for Christmas, they <laughs> yeah. have an extraordinarily active Twitter channel that will tell you <laughs> exactly when it's airing. It's sort of like your own personal TV guide, but just for A Princess for Christmas. And recently they've been doing a series of DVD covers of A Princess for Christmas from different countries. All of the German covers are delightful. It's like the most famous Twitter account that's interacted with us. (laughs) Take that for what it's worth. (laughs) You should follow that. What is it? A princess for like at a princess Princess for Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> at princess for xmas follow them you will get all of your princess for christmas needs there are many many photos oh of... it's also on netflix oh it is on netflix i think um, we may just re-release our episode about this we should do years. that it's such a good episode and it's such a good christmas movie and apparently it has a cult following who knew as of 14 hours ago, they tweeted, A princess for Christmas follows the restoration of a broken and imperfect family. The heart of the holiday season has always been about connection, forgiveness, and love. 2020 remains a strange year, but these values are still vital to living a life of meaning and hope. Christmas tree emoji. It has 218 links. That's such a beautiful and moving bookend (laughs) to this episode about the crown, which has many of the same themes. (laughs) This gets played on the Disney Channel in Germany. Okay. (laughs) So, I think what we're telling you is the crown is fine and you need to spend more time with Sam Hewen's tight white riding pants. (laughs) 
If you think we need to start a Patreon just so we can read the timeline of this account, you can let us know that, too. That would be such a fun bonus episode. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening. Go watch A Princess for Christmas. Yeah, we'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.